What's up, guys? Welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for coming back and tuning in each week. It means so, so much to me. I feel like we haven't chatted just us, you know what I mean, in a little while. The past couple of weeks, we've had some amazing guests on the show, but I've missed you. I've missed our one-on-one chats. So today, we're going to dive into 10 hot girl habits that I'm adopting. Now, not all of these are going to be specifically relevant to you unless you want to try them out with me, but I thought it would be fun to just share with you guys some of the things that I'm implementing and trying to integrate into my routine and what I'm doing. So before we get into that, I want to let you know that An exciting new offer is now available in the Samantha Daily world. So I normally reserve the trainings that I do around podcasting just for my business clients who are either working with me one-on-one or they're in my group business coaching program, Abundant and Ambitious. However, I know there's a lot of women in this audience that are building conscious businesses or they want to start a podcast, they want to share their voice, spread their message, and increase their brand's reach and their clientele by starting a podcast and my journey with creating this podcast has been so much fun and it's grown so much over the past couple of years. We are tracking soon, at some point soon, to hit 300,000 downloads. So it's been really, really incredible and I really want to share with you all of the insight and tips and things that I've learned along the way to not only build your podcast, like all the tech stuff and what microphones to use and what software is and what hosting platforms and All of that stuff that's like super confusing and is usually the stuff that holds you back when you're first starting out, but also the more nitty gritty of really building an awesome show and growing your audience and getting featured on other podcasts and inviting guests to be on your show and creating your audiograms for when you want to share snippets of the episode and pitching yourself and monetizing the podcast and all of that kind of stuff. So I'm super excited to offer this podcast training as an a la carte option. So instead of having to join a whole program or do one-on-one business coaching with me, if all that you really need from me right now, or it's just something that's super present for you, is to really learn all of these tools and tricks and tips around podcasting, then this is going to be an awesome offer for you because it's something you can just purchase by itself. I'm going to host it live so you can come on Sunday, February 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time or you can catch the replay. There'll be a replay recording made available to everybody that signs up for the training and get all the juicy details and really just fast track your process. Steal the cheat codes, like have this shortcut to your journey to building, growing, and launching a successful podcast. So if you're interested in that, I will leave a link in the show notes for you. And the link is also always in my bio if you want to sign up and be part of that training. Again, that's going to be on February 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. So if you are listening to this before that, go and sign up. If you're listening to this after that, it's likely that the training is still available just in the recording format. So still go ahead, click the link. And if you can't find it, just send me a DM on Instagram. All right, guys, without further ado, let's dive into these 10 hot girl habits. Welcome to the Makeshift Happen podcast. I'm your host, Samantha Daly. 
entrepreneur, life coach, and your no BS bestie, here to bring you all things mindset, manifestation, and personal development. This podcast is designed to help you expand your mind and up-level your life. So turn the volume up and roll the windows down if you're coming along for the ride. Let's go make shift happen. is the first thing that I do when I get up. So I have been tongue scraping every single morning, like first thing that I do when I wake up for a while now. Like last year in 2021, I was on an Ayurveda protocol for a little while and I was following it pretty strictly. And so I got into the habit of tongue scraping. But then I kind of like let it go. I forgot about it for a while and now I'm back on my tongue scraping grind. And honestly, like if you've never scraped your tongue, (laughs) there's like these tools that you can use. So in the supermarket, you can probably find little like plastic tongue scrapers, but I wouldn't recommend getting those ones. The ones that work a lot better are actually copper and that's what they use in Ayurveda. They use the copper tongue scraper. So it's basically like, it looks like this kind of like metal tool and you just scrape from the back to the front of your tongue. And once you do this for the first time and you see the shit that comes off of your tongue, you will not be able to stop doing this because it is absolutely foul to think about the fact that all of that gunk and toxins and bacteria and stuff that has been released through your tongue while you're sleeping is just going to sit in your mouth for the rest of the day. And as soon as you start eating or drinking, you're basically swallowing it back into your system. Like scrape your tongue once, see the massive amount of gunk that comes off of it. And I promise you, you will be hooked. Like you will want to do it. It's so satisfying. Like if you're someone that weirdly likes to like squeeze pimples or something and you just like the feeling of like cleansing something trust me I know it sounds gross and weird but like you are going to love getting this shit off of your tongue it is so satisfying it feels so good it's it's kind of gross like I'm not gonna lie sometimes I gag when I'm watching it happen in the mirror as I scrape it but better out than in. And that's kind of how I felt after the first time I did it. I'm like, thank God that it's going in the sink and not back into my gut. That is foul. So when I actually started working with the Ayurvedic practitioner who has been on the podcast, if you guys scroll back to like the very, very beginnings of the show, I did an interview with her. Her name is Claire and she put me on this Ayurveda protocol and it really helped me with the intense like stomach pains and gas and bloating that I was experiencing after most of my meals. And one of the things that she had me do was tongue scraping. And she told me that the stuff that comes off of your tongue throughout the night is called ama. That's like the, um, the Sanskrit word for 
all that gunk that comes off of your tongue and the ama is like buildup of like toxins and bacteria and it's like being released out through your tongue. And so in Ayurveda, what they do is a big part of how they measure your overall health and well-being is by looking at your tongue, looking at the color of your tongue, the texture of your tongue, whether the edges are like bumpy or smooth, how white of a coating you have on your tongue, like all of that is super telling of your overall health and well-being and especially your gut health. So tongue scraping is something that I originally implemented to help my gut health, but it's just like an overall really, really good practice to start. So if you feel curious about it, you can order a tongue scraper, a copper tongue scraper on Amazon super easily and just give it a go, you know? So that's number one. Number two is making my bed every day. And I wasn't going to put this on the list because it's something that I've done for a long time now. Like it's not necessarily something I'm adopting or implementing currently, but I never used to be a person that made my bed every day. Like all throughout my childhood, teenage years, high school, college, post-grad, like I was not making my bed every day because I am perpetually running late to almost everything. (laughs) So it was always kind of that excuse of like, I don't have time because I'm literally running out the door. I'm trying to like finish putting my makeup on or getting my hair done and I just never had time. But once I started working for myself, I was like, you know what? There is no excuse for me to not be making this bed. And what can be really helpful is to actually time yourself making your bed one day so that you know exactly how long it takes you. Because I feel like sometimes we think in our heads that like making your bed is going to take like 10 or 15 minutes when in reality it usually takes like two, maybe three. So if you time yourself making your bed, then you just have more of a logical reasoning in your mind of why you actually do have time for it and why you can do it. Because you probably spend at least two to three minutes, if not 15 every morning scrolling on your phone. So you know just got to get into our heads a little bit there with that but make I once I started working for myself I started making my bed every day and now it really is just a habit which is so nice like I never thought that I'd be able to establish that as something that I just naturally do but for me the reason why I think it's like a hot girl habit or it's something that can be really helpful is because of the concept of outer order inner calm right So outer order, inner calm really just means exactly what it says, which is when you have organization, cleanliness, tidiness in your outer environment, you feel that in your inner environment as well. Your internal world is more calm and more organized and more at peace when you have that experience in the external. So this goes for so many things like your car, your desk, your bedroom, your kitchen counter, all of it. Like as much as we can declutter and clean up and keep things tidy, the more internally calm and at peace we're naturally going to feel. Like we all know that feeling. Once you finally clean up your room that was like a disaster zone, you like look at it and you're so proud and you like take a deep breath and you're like oh my god like this feels so good (laughs) so then it's like why don't we do that more often 
but whatever, you know, life gets in the way sometimes. Everything can't always be clean and tidy. But one thing that we can easily control that is really not that time consuming is making our bed every day. And then there's also that whole thing about how making your bed is like when you do it first thing in the morning, mentally it registers in your brain as like, oh, like I did something good for myself. I'm being productive. I'm showing up today. And so then you're more likely to do more things that make you feel that way. When you start the day off well, the rest of your day, statistically speaking, tends to go better, which is why everybody is obsessed with morning routines and not looking at your phone right away in the morning and starting off with a few healthy habits, even if it's just 15 minutes of things that make you feel good, because then you're more likely for that to have a domino effect into the rest of your day and for the rest of your day to just get better and for you to continue on that trajectory. And I've really found this to be true with making my bed. Once I make my bed, I'm like on a roll. I feel like I'm ready to go. I'm ready for the next next task. Number three is drinking lemon water and aloe vera gel on an empty stomach. So this is one of those ones that's kind of super specific to me. I mean, we can all drink lemon water if we feel inclined, but the aloe vera gel is a little bit different. It's something that I'm just starting now, so I truly am just adopting this right now. And it's something that my nutritionist actually recommended to me to help with digestion. So the lemon water and the aloe vera gel are both a combination to help with digestion and then also kind of ignite my metabolism. And yeah, it's just nice to have the first thing that you consume in the day be something that's really going to hydrate and nourish you. So I know it's like really tempting to just have the first thing that you consume in the day be coffee or your breakfast or a bowl of cereal or something like that. But if you can try to get into the habit of having water, at least water, even if you don't do lemon or anything else in it, even if it's just a glass of water, be the first thing that you consume in the day, it's going to serve your body so well. Like our bodies go into serious dehydration when we're sleeping. We spend so many hours without any water and we're just like drying out we wake up like little prunes (laughs) and we need some water to replenish that before we start eating and ingesting and drinking things that are then gonna you know dehydrate us potentially more right coffee I'm looking at you girlfriend (laughs) which leads me into my next one number four which is no coffee I know just don't get mad at me I'm not saying that you can't drink coffee. Absolutely not. This is just, again, super personal to me. It's something that I'm adopting. I'm giving up coffee. I've been doing it for a couple of months now, actually. And I actually feel fine. (laughs) But I do have to say, even though I had coffee once every day, I don't think I really had like a coffee addiction or like a caffeine addiction so caffeine to me just to begin with doesn't really affect me at all like I could drink a large cup of coffee and go to sleep like it doesn't really I know some people are super sensitive to it like they'll get jittery or their heart rate will speed up or they can really feel like the effect of having caffeine in their system I don't know I've never been that way I can drink a Red Bull a Monster like any type of energy drink and I barely feel 
anything at all. Like it just like really doesn't register with me for some reason. So I don't know. I didn't have an issue giving up like the caffeine per se. Like I don't think I was super addicted to it. But I do just love the ritual of waking up and having like a warm, creamy, frothy drink. And so I was unsuccessful in trying to replace coffee with tea because tea, I'm so sorry, but like you will just never compare, you know, like it's just, it's, it's water. Let's be honest. (laughs) Tea is water and it does not compare to the feeling and the sensory experience of a cup of coffee. So you may have heard me talk about this a couple of times on my Instagram. And honestly, I feel like Dandy Blend should be a sponsor of this podcast. So let's manifest that. But what I've been replacing coffee with is something called Dandy Blend. And it's like, I I wish I had it with me right now so that I could read you the ingredients. But it's basically like dandelion and some other like root extracts and things. And it's all super natural, super pure, super healthy. Like there's nothing bad in it for you. My nutritionist told me like you can have as much of this as you want. Like it's not, oh, it's good, but like only do it a little bit. It's like, no, it's literally good for you. It's not like a good replacement for coffee. It's good for you. <laughs> and I I really like it. Like I really like it. So it's this, it comes in like a package and it's um, it's almost like if you had like ground coffee beans, but it's a little bit finer than ground coffee. And so you just take a scoop, like a, a teaspoon or two, and you mix it into either hot water or a hot milk of some kind. And it really does have a similar smell and body and taste to coffee. It's wild. Like I know you're probably listening to this right now and being like, fucking dandelions taste like coffee. Yeah, right. Trust me, girl. I'm not one of those people that's like, celery juice tastes so good. No, fuck no. I drank celery juice for way too long. I'm not doing that anymore. It tastes like dirt. (laughs) This actually tastes good. What I will say is you have to have like a quality milk. So if if you don't drink dairy, if you're not doing regular milk, you gotta have like a nut milk or some plant milk that has a good flavor to it because you know if you have like a super almondy almond milk or an oat milk that is just like not quite right and the flavor is a little bit too earthy or whatever that's gonna influence the flavor and kind of ruin the dandy blend drink so I would say just make sure you have a milk alternative if you are a non-dairy person or you just like you prefer um like milk alternatives make sure that you have one that actually like tastes good on its own and doesn't need the like flavor of it to be disguised in like a smoothie or something but as long as you have an almond or oat or cashew milk or oat milk or whatever that tastes good to you and you mix the dandy blend in it, I promise like it will, you would easily be able to replace coffee. So you might be wondering like, okay, why are you getting rid of coffee? Like what's the problem? Coffee is not bad. Like there's nothing wrong with coffee. So I'm not saying that at all. I am just on my own individual healing journey working with a nutritionist to try and heal my gut and hormone health. And 
caffeine and coffee specifically are can be damaging and not helpful in the healing journey for your gut and your hormones. So that's my personal reasoning for cutting out coffee and replacing it with the Dandy Blend. Dandy Blend you can find definitely at Whole Foods or you can order it on, you can probably order it on Amazon even, but I know for sure it's on iHerb.com. So go knock your socks off. I wish I had a discount code. Dandy Blend sponsor me. I love you for life. (laughs) Number five is my skincare routine. So this is, I feel super like overdone, outdated, beating a dead horse, talking about skincare routines. And I've always been pretty good at like taking care of my skin. Like I'm not the person who ever, 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 ever sleeps in makeup. Even when I was in college, I would be like, drunk ass wasted coming back to my room or my apartment and I would still take my makeup off and wash my face like dedication level 100 (laughs) okay we've always been we've always been on it but again I'm working with my nutritionist to heal my skin because all of the issues that I have with my skin are connected to what's going on in my gut. I have leaky gut. I've got some imbalance of hormones after being on the hormonal birth control pill for 10 years. I've been off of it for about two years now, but my body is still not fully regulated back to my normal kind of like flux and cycle of hormones. So I've got a new skincare routine that I'm on and I'm using the products from the brand The Ordinary and I'm really, really loving it. Like there's lots of like serums, which is fun and I don't even use like a cream or a moisturizer of any kind anymore. I just use this like um, dropper of 100% squalene, squalene oil. I don't even know how you say it. I don't even, I don't even know what it is. Like I am not the skincare master, so don't ask me, but like it feels so nice. And once you put those oils on and serums and everything, you're like, you can use a gua sha super easily because it just like glides over your cheekbones so nicely. And I don't know, I'm just like trying to get into the ritual of doing my skincare routine and not rushing through it and actually like taking my time on it and being intentional about, you know, like when I'm washing my face, like really like rubbing my fingers in circles and going slow and getting all the different parts of my face And just being present in the moment of doing the skincare and kind of thinking about my skin, sending good energy to my skin and telling myself or thinking silently in my head about how much I love my skin and how healthy my skin is and how glowing it is. And even though I don't feel that those things are like 100% true every day, It's kind of like an affirmation mixed with mirror work because you're already looking in the mirror and you are physically touching your skin. So you're in like a really intimate moment with you and your skin. So what better time to like use those affirmations and start to really like implant the beliefs and the feelings that you hope to someday feel to be true about your skin. I know skin is like a sensitive topic for a lot of people, whether it's like, you know, acne or redness or lines and wrinkles. 
rosacea, like freckles, like there's so many things that happen on our skin that we can create or have insecurities about. And so the point of me bringing this up and sharing it with you as like a hot girl habit is not so much about like, you know, use these products or do this certain thing for your skin, but more just like when you are washing your face or doing your skincare, make it like an intentional loving moment make it a moment between you and your skin and give yourself that opportunity twice per day once in the morning and once at night to implant those positive thoughts and beliefs that you want to have as part of your reality moving forward number six is hot girl walks like this is a trend we all know about it it's all over tiktok like hello it's nothing new again kind of boring but it's something that i have been adopting and putting into my routine now that we've been back in the states so when we were back in spain i was honestly pretty sedentary for a while like i hadn't been going to the gym because of so many different things. Like I honestly just fell out of the habit with it. There was also lots of like restrictions around what you could do and having to wear a mask in the gym that I just didn't vibe with. I couldn't really do like any sort of high intensity workout at the gym because it was just way too hard for me with a mask on my face. And so I just avoided exercise and movement a lot. And so now that we've been back, There's a lot of space around where my parents live. Like they have a lot of land. They're out in the country. So I'm going on walks with my dog just around the property every day. But also I've been back in the gym here, which is so, so nice. So I've been walking on the treadmill and doing little workouts at the gym. But going for my hot girl walks just honestly makes me feel so good. And I think the best thing about it is not even like the movement necessarily the walking obviously that's so good for me and it feels invigorating but I just like have time to listen to music and get in the vibe and sometimes I will scroll through my vision board while I'm walking on the treadmill or walking outside and while I'm listening to my music and I'm just kind of like visioning for the future and picturing my next level life and it is just a really nice 30 minutes to be with yourself and spend that time visioning for what you're creating and I don't know when I'm on these walks like I always get super inspired sometimes I write entire Instagram captions or I'm like thinking of business ideas and so giving myself that space for creative energy to flow has been really really nice number seven is self tanner so Any of you girls that have used a self-tanner before, tell me if I'm wrong. I don't know, but I have never gotten in the habit of using self-tanner like regularly. It's always just, oh, I'm about to go on vacation and I feel super white and pasty, so I'm going to use this self-tanner. Or I have a photo shoot, so I'm going to use this self-tanner. Or I have this important event or a wedding, so I'm going to use this self-tanner. Like it's only ever been for a special occasion in my world. And what I'm adopting is not necessarily like using self-tanner as is, but it's like not saving it for just a special occasion because I'm realizing how dumb that is. Like why am I intentionally 
avoiding doing something that I know makes me feel good because I think that it needs to be for something or I think it needs to be for something special. And when I thought about this the other day, I realized that this is rooted in lack. It's like, okay, this bottle of self-tanner is like $40. So I'm not just going to use it Monday through Friday like willy-nilly however I want. That would be wasteful. But doing things that make you feel good actually change your energy. And so how could that ever be wasteful? If you are the type of person that likes to be tan or feel tan or look tan, you know how much better you feel when you have like a little bit of a a glow. Like you want to get dressed. You feel like your makeup looks better. You stand a little bit taller. Your confidence goes up a little bit. Like it literally, it sounds so dumb, but self-tanner shifts your vibration. I swear. I swear you guys. (laughs) So The habit that I'm adopting is not just using self-tanner when I have a wedding to go to, but making it a thing that I use whenever the fuck I want because we deserve to feel good and we shouldn't be scrounging and saving and, you know, rationing this self-tanner. Like what? No, please. No, we're not doing that. We probably spend $40 on a foundation or on a mascara and we use that shit every day. And when it's gone, we buy a new one. So, you know, if it's accessible, let's stop lying to ourselves about, you know, how much we have to save it or we can't use it or we should only do it when it's something special. Like, ugh, that's such an energy of lack. And I am just trying to get out of that in any way that I can in my life. And so when I recognized that that was where it was coming from, I was like, oh, hell no, (laughs) we are not doing that. We're putting self-tanner on whenever the heck we want. So I went to Ulta the other day and I grabbed the Saint-Tropez, the new one that's like a, a collaboration with Ashley Graham. I've heard really, really good things about it. So I use, I always use Saint-Tropez, like it's honestly the best one. It's so much better than like the, the Bali one. Um, or the Bondi Sands one also. Like, I don't like that one at all. It's kind of streaky and not good. If you've never used self-tanner before and you're worried about it being like streaky or orange or weird, like Saint-Tropez all the way. Go girl, I wouldn't steal you wrong, steer you wrong. But I'm going to try out the the collab with Ashley Graham because I've heard that it works really well and it gives you like a nice dark kind of tone. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, number eight is working less. Like it's that simple. I don't really know what else to add. It's just working less. Like I'm intentionally putting more white space in my calendar. I'm not filling my days with tasks from nine to five because there's no reason for me to be working nine to five when I created my own business so that I wouldn't have to work nine to five. You know what I mean? Like it's just not the vibe anymore. We're not doing that. So some days my work schedule is like a regular if I have a client who's in Australia or I'm recording a podcast or being interviewed by someone. And so sometimes, yeah, I will be doing things in the evening or whatever. Like right now, it's 7.30 p.m. on a Friday night and I'm recording this podcast. Why? Because I procrastinated this, to be honest. (laughs) Because I am leaving tomorrow morning to go to Florida (laughs) to go house hunting 
And I had a couple other things on my to-do list to get done today. And then I realized, holy shit, I'm out of office for the next four days. And we need a podcast to come out next week. And I wanted it to be like a one-on-one chat update with you guys. So Anyway, all that to say, obviously schedules are irregular when you're working for yourself, but if you're someone who works for yourself or you work from home or you work part-time or you have any kind of like flexibility or control over your schedule, I just implore you to really think about the things that you are making yourself do that you don't actually have to do. Because we do this, we make things seem so urgent in our minds, like this has to get done today. And we put it on the to-do list and we're like, I have to do it. Even though it's 5 p.m., I have to do it. I guess I'll just work until 6. And a lot of times it's kind of like, well, you could just do it tomorrow or the next day. Like unless it's something that's genuinely urgent, most of the time, We're like making ourselves feel frantic and chaotic over things that are not even emergencies. And so I'm just actively, intentionally trying to not do that as much. And what that means is being discerning with the things that I say yes to and the things that I say no to and also being realistic with myself about what I can achieve in a day and what I have time for. I'm notorious for underestimating the amount of time something will take me. I'm sure a lot of people can relate. You're like, write an email. Okay, that should be like 30 minutes. And then writing that email takes you 90 minutes, like for who knows why. I don't know, but it just does. And so then you're behind on the next three things that are on your calendar for the day. And then you feel frantic and overwhelmed and you get to the end of the day and you're like, oh my God, like I didn't get anything done, even though you did get stuff done. But since you set yourself up for failure and you thought that you could get 10 things done and you only got four done, you do feel like a failure. So then you go into the next day being like, oh my gosh, well today I have a whole day's worth of tasks and I have to make up for all the stuff that I didn't do yesterday. And that just like honestly spirals you into the grossest, (laughs) most disgusting energy ever. So I have to be more realistic with myself. And it's like, okay, if I'm going to record a podcast, maybe this podcast episode is 45 minutes to an hour long, but I'm going to give myself a two hour block of time to do it. Because maybe I need to pause in the middle for whatever reason. Maybe I need some time afterwards because I decide I'm going to edit this episode myself and I'm going to upload it or I'm going to jot down some show notes or whatever, right? Like things always come up. Additional work beyond the main task always somehow appears. So if you just give yourself more of like a buffer and a bigger window of time to get things done, you will feel more successful at the end of the day because you'll be like, oh my gosh, the three things that I wanted to do, I got done and it's only 3 p.m. and I'm done with work. Holla. (laughs) So that's the kind of vibe I'm trying to go for, just working less, honestly. Number nine is reading. So I have to confess, I haven't been that good at adopting this but I am actively in pursuit of adopting 
reading more often. I'm not going to say like reading at night in bed and not being on my phone because I know that that's not always 100% realistic for me. Like it just isn't. Sorry. (laughs) But I am trying to read more and I'm reading fiction. I am not reading personal development and this is an intentional choice by me because I've spent so many years consuming so much personal development content that what my brain actually needs is not more information and more inspiration and more to-dos and more urgency and more pressure to feel like I need to integrate these lessons and then be able to somehow you know get it into my life and share it with my clients and all that like I don't need any more of that. What I need is disconnection. I need time away from my phone where I'm doing something that actually like consumes my mind but in a good way, that entertains me in a good way, that's not a screen or my phone or scrolling on social or watching Netflix, even though I honestly could watch more Netflix. Like I I don't really watch that much. But yeah, I just want to read more and I want to read fiction. So that is an intention that I'm working on, a habit that I'm currently trying to adopt. And the last one, number 10, is going to therapy. This is a hot girl habit because honestly, gorgeous, gorgeous girls go to therapy. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls take care of themselves. Gorgeous, gorgeous girls know that it is so important to work on your subconscious programming. So I've been going to see my hypnotherapist every single week for an hour and we're working on some specific things that are showing up for me in my life right now. Obviously you guys know I'm in like a major transitional period. There are a lot of like big responsibilities and monetary things that are coming up for me that I just want to make sure that my internal world is in the best place possible to support me calling in these manifestations and getting to this next level of my life in the external world. I also have some like underlying habits and patterns that stem from childhood and feeling out of control in my life and always wanting to have that control and kind of self-soothe in certain ways. And so we've been working on that. So yeah, I'm just doing my work and I think that's really important for people to share that even when you are sometimes in the teacher's seat we are all still students of life and we all have to continue doing this inner work no matter how far along on the path we get like I will never stop doing the internal work I will never stop examining my soul and diving deeper within myself and exploring my subconscious mind and trying to continuously become the best version of myself I don't think that we're ever fully healed I think life is the journey of continuous healing and undoing and unlearning and so I'm going to therapy (laughs) and that's that (laughs) So those are my 10 hot girl habits for you guys. Take whatever resonates, even if you don't adopt any of these habits, but something that I talked about just like hit the nail on the head for you and you're like, mm, I love that perspective. I'm going implement, to implement that into my life in whatever way feels relevant. That's awesome. Like if none of this resonated, no worries, move on by 
no problem. Just take what feels good, leave the rest. Like it's all just my personal experience and what I'm going through and the habits that I'm currently working on adopting and finding helpful and beneficial in my life. The last thing that I really wanted to highlight and kind of circle back and touch on, which I kind of talked about with the self-tanner thing, is this idea of like, feeling good now instead of thinking that we just have to feel good for special occasions or certain moments in life or always kind of throwing that out into the future and saying like oh I will feel good then I'll feel good later I'll feel good when I have this that or the other thing or after this happens then I'll feel good I just we're so we're all so guilty of this of postponing our own joy right now in the moment because we think it will be sweeter or better in some way in the future and it's like oh I don't need to enjoy that now because I'll get it later and then all of my ducks will be in a row and everything will be good so then that one thing that is good will be amplified because everything in my life will be good at that point and I I, like obviously that's not true obviously that's not real like that's all just a lie that we're creating in our heads. And I was just talking about this with a client, which is why it's so present with me and I wanted to share it with you. It was like, we need to be investing in feeling good now. Now. Investing time, investing money, whatever it takes to get you feeling good on a daily basis now, that is worth investing in. That is money and time well spent. And sometimes we convince ourselves that it's not. We think, oh, that's a waste. And I just, I just, I have to call bullshit on that. Like doing things, investing time or money into things that make you feel good right now, today, in the moment is never a waste because feeling good now is exactly the thing that is going to help you get where you're trying to go. If you have this big vision of your life where you're like, oh, I'm going to get this, that, and the other thing, and I'm going to look this way, I'm going to have this, and I'm going to feel this, and then, oh my God, life is going to be incredible when I get to the next level and I manifest all my stuff and I'm in my vision of my future life. Like at some point we have to recognize that we get to choose to live that way now because if this is the embodiment part of manifestation if we're not acting as if we have it now we are not becoming a match to call it in and so if you are not using yourself tanner <laughs> because you feel like you need to wait until you you're you look better or it's a special occasion or there's a reason for you to feel good about yourself then you're not in the energy of calling in feeling good about yourself now. Like feeling good now will make you feel good later. Not suffering now will make me feel good later? Question mark. Like that's how we're thinking. That's how we're operating. And it's so wrong. And so I just wanted to point this out. Like I think a lot of us are afraid of investing time and money in things that seem little or trivial or superficial that make us feel good. But whatever that is for you, that's like your thing. I just saw a TikTok the other day that was like, I just got my nails done and I'm immediately acting different. And like if you're someone who enjoys having a manicure or like acrylic nails, long nails, 
whatever, beautiful nails, whatever it is for you, hair extensions, eyelashes, you want to get your brows tinted, you like going to get a massage, you want a facial, like you want to put on yourself tanner, whatever it is that literally makes you start acting different, pay attention to those things because those things are important. Those things are a good investment. Those things are actually going to help you manifest all the stuff that you're calling in. It sounds crazy. And I'm not saying you have to go out there and spend all this money on all these treatments every single week all the time. No, absolutely not. It doesn't have to do with that at all. But every one of us knows that there's something that when we do it, we feel better about ourselves. We start acting a little different. And so all I'm saying is pay attention to what that is for you and stop telling yourself that it has to be a treat or a reward and start thinking of it as a really important investment that you're making in being able to manifest the future that you desire. Because feeling good now is exactly what's going to help you get where you're trying to go. I promise you that. We need to reject the idea that we need to suffer now or we need to just put up with this for now and then it'll be better. We need to endure a little bit longer because then on the horizon I can see myself enjoying life and being happy. It's a lie. It's a lie. If you cannot be happy now, you won't be happy later. You'll never feel healed enough to start dating again. You'll never feel skinny enough to take yourself on a shopping spree. Your life will never be aesthetic enough to finally start your YouTube channel. You'll never feel rich enough to like splurge on that trip or buy that flight or go on that vacation. So we have to stop postponing our joy. We have to stop telling ourselves that once we get there, then we can feel good and start taking responsibility for feeling good now because joy and happiness is not some reward for like keeping your head down and enduring the suck of life. (laughs) Like how silly is that, that we kind of move through the world with that mentality of like, oh, joy and happiness is a prize that I get at the end of the week or at the end of the month for something that I've done. Like joy and happiness should be infused in our day and our life as much as possible. And so we have to stop denying ourselves of the little things that actually bring that to us and just honor them and allow them to be correct and choose to believe that they are worth the time and money that go into them because they make us feel good. They make us move different. They make us stand taller. They make us have a different energy about us. And so that is the thing that's going to create the magnetism to help us call in all the things that we keep throwing out further into the future. Suffering does not lead to more joy. I can promise you that. Joy leads to more joy. So it's like that quote that says, it's good to feel good. I just want you to believe that. It is good for you to feel good. It is important for you to feel good. It is worth an investment for you to be able to feel good. You know, if you if you want to feel good where you're going in the future, you got to be investing in feeling good right now. 
So that is the last little message I wanted to share with you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please take a screenshot, share it to your Instagram stories and tag me at underscore Samantha Daily and at Makeshift Happen Podcast. If you're not following our podcast Instagram account, go give us a follow. We share inspiration and quotes and pretty pictures and images all week long that you can easily reshare to your stories when you want to share something inspirational for your community. And if you know someone who you think would enjoy this episode or get some value from it, I'd love for you to send it to them. Copy the link, put it in a text, send it to them via DM, and just let them know that it was an episode you really liked and they should give it a listen. We super, super appreciate you guys sharing the show. It is the thing that helps us continue to grow and evolve, and it really means so much to me. Your reviews and ratings on the podcast are so incredible. Thank you guys from the bottom bottom of my heart. I appreciate them all. If you haven't given the podcast a rating over on Spotify, it's a new feature that they just released. So if you listen to the podcast on Spotify, go ahead, open up your app, just go to the main page where it shows the makeshift happen podcast show. And you'll see a little star icon right there. And you just click however many stars you want to give. Hopefully five. Please give five. (laughs) And that's it. You still can't write like a written review on Spotify, but you can give a star rating. So head over to Spotify. Help us get up to five stars over there. Thank you guys so much. I love you. Don't forget we're doing that live podcast training to help you launch and grow a successful podcast on February 27th. If you want to be there, click the link in the show notes or the link in my bio, sign up, check out, reserve your spot. I will see you there.